Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Lunch Therapy. I'm your host, unlicensed lunch therapist, Adam Roberts. My patient today is Sudi Green, who has been a writer for Saturday Night Live for six seasons and now is writing for other shows. She wrote for the show Shrill, and most importantly, she currently lives across the street from me. Uh, and we met her recently, and she's so much fun, and I invited her on the podcast, and she was kind enough to say yes. And so in today's session, she talks all about the food that she ate at Saturday Night Live. The main like SNL taste that comes to mind is like pizza that's been out for three hours. Whether she's ever tempted to come over across the street to eat my food. I want to, and sometimes you are like, come over, and it makes me nervous because I'm like, you know, like sitting like, in my, in my, <laughs> on my couch, like no bra. And I'm like, God, I really do want that pie, but does he mean it? Does he mean come over? And just being a good eater in general. I'm a tank, like I'm a tank. I will consume, uh, not a lot of foods upset my stomach. I will eat and drink and like, not really think in the moment of like, I, I'm just gonna have the attitude of like, I'll suffer the consequences later, I don't care. So without further ado, here's my lunch therapy session with Sudi Green. All right. Well, Sudi, thank you so much for doing lunch therapy. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. We should tell everyone how we met. We had a meet cute. Do you want to tell the story or should I? Oh my I? God. We totally did. Um, I had a friend who was like, wait, don't you live on this street? Which was <laughs> the street I lived on. And then she uh -huh. was like, I'm having a, I'm at a dinner party across the street from your apartment and this was literally like I had been in LA for like three weeks oh. and then she was like they're telling me that you have to come over because I'm Persian and I'll be like no I don't want to impose like whatever uh -huh. whatever and then she was like no and then I show up and I just showed up into your little slice of paradise like <laughs> a dream neighbor dinner party situation oh. is so this funny. LA yeah, I mean, it was like really sweet because, you know, you never know in L.A. when somebody's coming over because I was serving pasta and dessert and I was like, is she going to want to eat this? Is this and yeah, and you were you were such a gracious guest and it seemed like you enjoyed it so much. And I was like, oh, I love this person already. I'm a very good eater. Good. Very Those are hard to come eater. by these days. So I That's appreciate what I'm that. learning. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, I'm so, I mean, it's so funny. Like we should also say this is kind of hilarious that we're doing this over Zoom because you are literally across the street from me right now. <laughs> but I figured it's easier to record over Zoom. That's the only yeah, reason. Yeah, maybe you'll, I have my window open. So maybe you'll hear those devil <laughs> dogs that live oh, on the yeah. block. You've got some very loud dogs next door. These dogs, bless them, bless them. I feel bad for them and whatever's going on in their tiny little brains, but they will bark. They are outside all the time yes, and they and will I, bark whenever. And I hear want. them and I'm not even that close to them and I hear them pretty loudly. So you're much closer to them. So, I mean, has it gotten to the point now where like you've said something or you're not ready to do that? I've really debated it and I have phone, I have videos on my phone. That's like 1130 PM. Well, I will, when I will record how I can hear the dogs oh, yeah. and to show them. And then like every single time that happens, I'm like tomorrow, the note is getting written and I'm going to write my name. I'm not going to say your neighbor. It's yeah. going to be me. <laughs> and then I, the next day I always chicken out. Well, it's, it's a big move to like complain about a neighbor's noise. I mean, we live in a fourplex so we're underneath somebody mm -hmm. who's been so gracious with us. Cause I play the piano and we blast music. So 
I mean, we have dinner parties. So there's like a million things that probably, probably annoy her, but like once in a blue moon, like maybe she'll be like doing an exercise routine and like stomping on the ground. And yeah. And you just have to be like, all right, I'll deal with it. But those dogs, I I will say, and not to bore our listeners, but that's, that's pretty egregious. I mean, they're, they're barking nonstop. I'm not a narc. I'm not a narc. I completely agree. I feel like you're living in a city. You have to cohabitate. Like you share walls with people. You have to have a certain level of tolerance for it. Yeah. The dogs and they're, they're out all day and I feel bad for them. They're not happy dogs. I don't think they must know. Like, that's the thing is like the neighbors know they just are don't are oblivious to like how it's affecting others or they just straight up don't care. I was just imagining them listening to this podcast right now with tears streaming down their face because they had no well, idea. Well, the felt window is open. So <laughs> they, they can, can listen if they want. <laughs> and I'm not afraid. Um, well, CD, let's 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 um segue here um now into the subject at hand, which is food. I mean, well, maybe we'll start with like you as a person, because people maybe don't know you're a comedy writer, you write for Saturday Night Live. Um, Maybe what's the best way to get into this? Well, maybe tell us a little bit about what you're working on right now. Right now I'm working for a show that's going to be on Showtime called I Love That For You. (laughs) And you know, it's going to be a bunch of laughs. And you might feel something too along the way. Uh, but yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a TV writer and I don't work at SNL anymore, but that is my identity still. And I just moved to LA and I'm trying to be an LA girl and that's me. Well, that's great. That's a great summary. So, I mean, and I'm going to ask you all about your Persian background and your mother because she follows me on Instagram. So clearly she's very cool. Um, But I thought like maybe for our listeners who are curious, can you talk a little bit about what you ate when you were writing at Saturday Night Live during those crazy late night sessions? My God, garbage. I (laughs) ate such trash. Like when you're, I mean, the main like SNL taste that comes to mind is like pizza that's been out for three hours. <laughs> that is the main taste of like, you know, on writing night, which if you don't know, like, you know, people at SNL, when they write, they write on one night on Tuesday night and they usually stay up all night or very early in the morning the next day and write the sketches. And so it was like a tradition of like midnight pizza. Mm-hmm. And which also like the show doesn't pay for, I realized. (laughs) What? That's crazy. (laughs) They have so much money. People take turns buying the midnight pizza for everybody because, and I realized that because one day it wasn't there and I was like mentally like kind of in the weeds on a sketch. And I was like, all right, I'll take a break when the pizza gets here. And then it's like, I'm the kind of person that like once there's food on the horizon, I kind of can't think of anything else. Like, oh yeah. Me when too. they would call us that like the dinner that they did pay for, when they would call us that that was ready, it didn't matter what I was in the middle of, like writing something, like talking <laughs> to a cast member. I was like, dinner is now. Like it's here. I'm not, yeah. I'm no longer here. I'm actually out there where the food is. Well, I also imagine like being in that environment, like where like you're in like little rooms, like I mean, I'm imagining, but like, you know, with fluorescent lights, like leaning over like tables, like getting to have any sensation that's like not in your brain or any pleasure it is like any moment that you're going to get that little hit of of like stress relief is like everything and then also like you become such an this is how I really like this is why I know like I I have that inside of me which is like when the food isn't coming Mm -hmm. I people are 
people become dicks. Like, oh, where's my fucking salad? Like, <laughs> you know, like I would never scream at like an intern or an in- assistant uh-huh. or whatever, but like in my brain, I'm like, what? You can't fucking like get the, <laughs> you know, like the fucking seamless guy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I get that. Yeah. And it's, and it's fucked up, but it's because like, you know, that's why you hear all these stories about like people like throwing like a fork at somebody because like the dressing is too much. <laughs> right. It's like you're not to the only, only joy that you're getting that day is like the food. Sweet green, man. The sweet yeah. green harvest bowl. That was what I ate like basically every day for lunch. Well, it's funny because you talked about the pizza and like the three hour old pizza. And that felt, sort of feels like older comedy culture. Like it feels like in 2022, like younger mm-hmm. comedians and stuff are not eating like crap anymore or are they like I don't know I am well you just talked about sweet green I mean I feel like sweet yeah. green is a thing I feel like younger people now are like it's not necessarily cool to just eat trash yeah. like I feel like that was well a now thing. you like, have to be hot now you have yeah. to be hot you can't just be funny you have to be gorgeous as well um totally no, 100% I, yeah. I think my my mentality at SNL was usually to try and eat something semi-healthy for lunch because I knew mm-hmm. after 6 p.m. it would be whatever the fuck I could get my grubby little hands on. Uh-huh. <laughs> and right. also like they put out candy on Friday nights and then that became like another benchmark of like when is the candy out like um you know look trying to count like trying to keep it to two diet cokes a day. I really uh-huh. just destroyed my body. It was like <laughs> it was a big reason kind of how for how I sort of came to realize that my time was coming to an end during the mm-hmm. pandemic because my body started to actually recover <laughs> from what I had. And also the lack of sleep yes. and like the dehydration that you get from sleep and like the amount of iced coffees I was happening in a day. It's just like that burnout culture of like whatever I can consume. Yeah. You, you know, it sounds like comedy boot camp or something, except it's like not good for your body. Um, well, <laughs> Sudi, I feel like we're going to now segue into um, your psychology and your relationship to food and cooking by asking you, what did you have for lunch today? Today for lunch, I had sweet potato, roasted sweet potatoes that I had roasted in the morning. And do you want to know how I roasted them? Yeah, please. That, okay, the more that, information okay. you can share, Great. the better. Okay, yeah. so I cut... I get the sweet potatoes. I usually do about like three at a time, maybe mm-hmm. four. I cut them like into kind of thick wedges, like a big boy. I'll cut into fours. Okay. If it's smaller, I'll cut into halves because I'm not going for a sweet potato fry. I'm going, but I'm not going for like a full, like baked potato. Anyway, right. then I'm roasting that with olive oil, um, garlic, salt, salt, pepper, um, curry seasoning, curry mm-hmm. spice. Um, I'm roasting those. Then I eat like one or two wedges, depending on how hungry I am. I ate it with two over easy to medium fried eggs. Okay. And then I did arugula, whole foods, blue cheese crumbles <laughs> and Cholula. Cholula. Oh, the hot sauce. Yeah. Now, I hope you don't feel like I'm betraying your confidences here, mm. but in our exchange leading up to this podcast, you did sort of allude to this meal uh, as something that you eat. Is it every day? In I'm a very seasonal eater. Okay. And in the winter, this is what I'm eating probably about half the week. 
Okay, so that different variations to, on it. Though. Yeah. Like the sweet potato is the base, and the egg is the base. Yeah. The sweet potato and the egg, but sometimes I'll do like an avocado or whatever cheese I have, or no cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, but usually it is. Yeah, this is a big time. Um, this is a big time winter meal for me. And is this your breakfast and lunch, or is this just lunch? Well, when we were talking, I was well. We were going to have it earlier. Yeah in the day. And so then it was, I said, well, I can still have it like before we start because, because the eggs and the sweet potatoes, it could be a breakfast, could be a lunch, but this is really, but then today, because we push, okay, BTS, this is being recorded at 4 PM. Yes, Uh. (laughs) totally. Yeah. We're totally breaking the fourth wall here. I think at this point, everyone's going to know everything, but it's fine. This is therapy. There's no secrets here. Um, no, it's not my breakfast, my breakfast today was a smoothie okay so you'll have a breakfast Mm -hmm. you'll have a smoothie and then this is variations on this theme are your lunch Mm -hmm. so I guess as a starting point I'm curious like are you a person of routine like do you really like routines it's not that I don't it's not that I like routine because a big thing that I say a lot is change or die I just Mm. feel that very very strongly yeah I think so too it's more like simplicity like and, and this is easy. It's easy for me to make. Mm-hmm. And it is reasonably healthy, I think, yeah. for me. And it's filling. And so I just go to it, I think, more out of ease and, like, not having to figure something out, not having to make something that I don't like as much as it mm-hmm. kind of. And also, it's just, like, easy because it's just me. I'm only grocery shopping for me. And so it's, like, really, I already have eggs, I always almost have like some sort of green. It's just kind of easy more. Yeah, I get that. And also it's like, I've noticed if somebody's very successful in their career as you are, sometimes Thank like you. it's not so much about not being passionate about food, but it's also just like not having the time to like, you know, invent like some wild new thing every day at lunch. It's like, you just have to put food in your body. And yeah. so- And um, I order, I order about half the week too. Like, I just, yeah, I have to ask her, like, when you see me on my Instagram cooking across uh-huh. the street, like, are you ever tempted to just like knock on my door and be like, can I have some of that? I want to. And sometimes you are like, come over and it yeah. makes me nervous because I'm like, you know, like sitting like in my, in my, <laughs> on my couch, like no bra. And I'm like, God, I really do want that pie, but does he mean it? Does he mean it? I do mean it. I 100% mean it. I know you it. do. Especially now because I'm trying to lose weight. So I feel like, um, now I'm like, if I bake something, like all I want is to give it away. So what are you doing? What's your, what's your weight loss? Are you doing like a crazy diet or are you just like reducing? <laughs> um, good question. I actually just recorded a session, um, with an actual psychologist that was going to air the Thursday before yours airs, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Very confusing. But we talked BTS. all about like healthy, um, new year's eating like what is healthy like is that is that even healthy to think of healthy as healthy and so to answer your question like i'm trying to do whole foods like vegetables fruits like i made a kale mm-hmm. salad for lunch i'm exercising mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. um, i'm gonna do lentils for dinner over rice right. which craig, craig is not gonna be thrilled with and then every so often i'll have like pizza or whatever i want to have but like the, i want to change my default to be yes. like whole foods and like vegetables and stuff more that yeah i always think of whenever i'm on a diet i always think of um betty Dr- and Mad Men <laughs> got fat and dyed her hair black. And uh, when she, her second husband is like running for the governorship and she's like, fuck, I got to get it together. And then she just says, I need to reduce. 
<laughs> right. says, I need to reduce. reduce. I like that. That's a good, nice way to put it. Um, okay. Well, I need to hear now, where did you grow up? Tell me everything about your childhood in terms of food. Okay. I grew up in Delaware. Um, oh, okay. kind of randomly. My parents are not from there and we moved around a little bit when I was younger. Like we lived, my dad, we lived in Indiana where my dad was finishing up grad school. Then we moved to Cameroon for a little bit wow, because my okay. dad is a political scientist. He was doing research there. And then by the time I was like in first grade, we were in Delaware. My dad ended up teaching at university of Delaware. Um, and my mom is Iranian. So and she's an amazing cook. She's an amazing, amazing cook and not just like Persian food, like everything. Um, what, what are some of the dishes that she makes that you love? She makes this thing like our, I would say like our spaghetti, like besides like spaghetti, which we also ate was like this thing called Lubia Polo, which is like, there are in um, like Iranian cooking, you know, like rice is the basis of everything. And there's Tadiq, which I feel like now, like, you know, crispy rice, like they oh, yeah. have it at like Kismet, like now it's becoming cool. Tadiq sure. is, um, yeah. But like, there are all these techniques that have stuff in them. So you cook the whole rice thing mm -hmm. in the pot. Cause tadik means like burnt pot or bottom of the pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crispy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so this was like a big like rice thing that had tadik on the top. And then it was like layers of green beans and tomatoes with tomato paste and, and cubed beef. Um, and so when you eat it, you get like rice and then like tomatoey beefy bean. Oh my God, that sounds it's incredible. Freaking amazing. I've tried to make it and I totally failed, but. Um, if COVID wasn't all around right now, I would almost say like you should have, because your parents are coming to visit. I hope that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's okay to reveal. Yes, they're um, coming tomorrow. <laughs> it'd be so fun to have your mom like come over and teach me how to make that. But I, I don't want to put anyone at risk in case there's anyone, you know. Well, maybe we can go on. live. Maybe I can convince her to cook. Although I don't want to ask her to cook while she's visiting me. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll make you something and I'll bring it over for her to taste. Um, so you were saying that, so your mom cooked all kinds of food not just Persian food or Iranian yeah. food. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and so when you grew up, like, were you grateful to have this food in the house or were you kind of spoiled by it? Um, I, yeah, I don't think that I appreciated it the way that I should have until I went to college because mm -hmm. I kind of didn't, I liked, once I got older, I liked a lot of the stuff and would like look forward to it and kind of became my like favorite foods, but it was also just kind of like the food we ate. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't think about it and I didn't think about how I wouldn't have access to it in New York, you know, like when I went to NYU and um, then I went to college and I am not eating a Tadiq based lifestyle. Right. I'm not having Tadiq like, you yeah. know, two times a week at least. And that was very <laughs> hard for me. That was right. very hard. And then I really got like an appreciation of it, I feel. And when you were growing up and your mom would make this food, like this is such a classic trope, but like the idea that like, you know, you're embarrassed at school because you're bringing something that the other kids are like, what is that? But it was I mean, that something. School was PB and J. Like she right, was not. Right. Yeah, <laughs> she, she was, was making like... Tadik for school. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, classically, Tadik is not better. It's not good the next day. Oh, didn't know. So that. that's the I've other actually thing. never had it, I don't think. Oh, well, once I master making it, I have yeah. to figure out how to make it on the oven that I have now because the last time I made it was burnt because like, you know, medium on an oven is like different uh -huh. for every oven. But like, you know, my family, that is kind of the excuse to like house all the Teddy because 
somebody at the table always says, Tariq is not good the next day. So then <laughs> so it's have, like, we got to yeah. finish it. And whenever like I have a friend over or like a, like, like a partner is like eating with us, like my dad will always be like, eat it. Like, it's not good tomorrow. Like we have to eat it right now. <laughs> That's so funny. Because it gets I, soggy. Oh, God, it doesn't have that crispy. Yeah, and you could reheat it and it would be good, but it wouldn't be like crispy. So where's your uh, dad's family from? Uh, I don't know, like Iowa. <laughs> right. So did he have like a cuisine that like he liked or like did he have dishes that like he would, would make want to have from his childhood or that he would make himself? Mm, no, I would say like the thing that comes to mind is like ice cream. I like my... <laughs> My family is like a big, my dad's side of the family really is like a big indulger family. Like I think my grandma, she made stuff that I think like, he doesn't talk about like, oh, like, you know, she would make this and that. I think it was kind of like pretty like basic, like boiled potatoes and like whatever, but like uh, candy and ice cream has always been like a presence in my life, like for adults like my dad was always like a big ice cream person and there were always treats and it was always like talking about treats and like what were we we were gonna get from the grocery store well it's funny because it makes me think of how you describe saturday night live as having like pizza and candy but then you'd have your salad it almost feels like they're like these two different parts of you like that you have yeah Yeah, i don't know what those signify but it's interesting well like iranians love fruit i mean like fruit is with my mom used to say that fruit is with is dessert. My mm-hmm. like you know at the end of the meal you just put out like a giant thing of fruit. It's so like part of the culture. And then also like my mom would eat like this weird stuff all the time. Like she would just cook a big thing of lima beans and eat it with salt <laughs> and like eat it in front of the TV and we would make fun of her and she'd be like, "This is a snack. This is a snack. We would this would be our snack when we were kids." Like. <laughs> um lettuce like like regular just lettuce like dipped in vinegar uh-huh and we would be like ew mom like what are you eating and she'd be like this was when we would come home from our from school this was our snack <laughs> it sounds this pretty healthy we it sounds, this. i know she could be like a guru in la now like Gwyneth <laughs> paltrow with that i mean it sounds pretty good um so did your mom I kind of missed this, but did, did she, was she first generation? Like, did, was she born in America or was she? No, she was born in Iran and she came here like for college. And that's where my parents met. They met at Syracuse. Okay. But did, have you traveled with her back to Iran like, or have you met that side of the family? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm totally, I mean, a lot of her family is over. I mean, her siblings are over here now. And mm-hmm. uh, we, the last time we went to Iran, I guess we went a couple times when we were babies. And then the last time I went, I was like nine. Okay. Um, and then like, you know, 9-11 happened, bleep, blah, bloop, kind of complicated to go over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 9-11, not yeah. <laughs> oh, war on terror, excess of yeah, evil. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and not then trendy also, anymore. Yeah. no, 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 no. And then also like my, my grandparents would come over here, like every, what, you know, every other year or whatever. Well, I bring it up to because I'm curious. Like, was there were there food experiences tied to either traveling there or your grandparents coming? Like, do you have memories of that kind of of the, what you ate? Totally. Well, actually, like you know, I'm I might even cry talking about this. Like, my my mom's dad, my baba bab, which is like not the Iranian word for grandpa. That was like our weird 
um, like bastardized version of like my dumb American ass. Um, no, but our my 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 grandfather, my mom's side, he there was like a language barrier. My 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 mom and he, my my grandmother speaks English, but he didn't speak a lot of English, and I don't speak Farsi, unfortunately. And but he was like such a sweet sweet my mom has all these stories he was like definitely like the indulgent parent you know mm -hmm. like the fun parent and um really like our like love language was like him taking us to treats like that was what the language was not going to be an issue when it comes to like ice cream you know okay and um there's like this Iranian uh cotton candy that is like real spun sugar, like not like the fake blueberry tasting stuff, but like if you just took real sugar and just spun it in its pure form as you're making cotton candy, it's the uh -huh. most delicious taste in the world. It just has that nice burnt sugar taste. And that's like ah. the cotton candy in Iran. Sounds really and good. I'd like it's to amazing. Try that. And yeah. I was addicted to it. And so he would just get me that all the time when we were ever we were out. And I haven't tasted anything like that since. Sometimes I'll like smell kind of the smell, but it's freaking amazing. It's interesting that you mentioned that he took you for ice cream and that your dad was really into ice cream. It feels like ice cream is an important part of your food psychology. Do you yes. have a, a favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, this is such a good question. I really love, okay, if I'm, okay. So if I'm going to the Creamery, which is this amazing ice cream place in Delaware, it's like on a dairy farm, I'm getting a black raspberry chip, not mm. a black raspberry sorbet, a black raspberry creamy ice cream Yes. with dark chocolate chips. That is Yum. freaking amazing. That's a Carvel where I grew up on Long Island used to have black raspberry ice cream. And I don't really see that anymore as an adult, but I loved it as a kid. Has that like tangy taste? Yeah. I love that tangy taste. Is um, black raspberry even a thing? Like I've never seen a black raspberry. I wonder if it's like blackberries and raspberries. Isn't that just a blackberry? Yeah. I, yeah. So why isn't it blackberry ice cream? Oh my God. I never thought of that. Like when I say black raspberry, I think, oh, blackberries. Oh, that's so funny. I think like, oh, there must be this weird species of raspberries that are black. We better dig into this or uh, Is it to differentiate it from blue raspberry, which is made up? <laughs> I have no idea. But I interrupted you. You were going to say your, your other ice cream flavor that you like. My other, I have two other peak ice cream flavors. One is like a saffron ice cream, which is like, you know, Whoa. the they sell it at um, Saffron and Rose, which is this amazing Iranian ice cream store in Westwood. I've um, never been. That sounds you've like never I, been. I got to go. Next time I go, I'll get you a pint because whenever I go, they sell pints. Please. Um, I would love um, that. I have a best friend that randomly lives in Westwood. And uh, oh. so I am over there sometimes. That's um, quite a drive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm definitely going to bring my mom there. So when I go, I'll get you oh. a pint. Please. I would actually really love that. I've never had saffron ice cream. It sounds really interesting. Well, my mom makes it. Really? I mean, saffron's one of those things like when I buy it, which is really expensive because it's like the yeah. stamen of the crocus plant, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, 
I put it in other things. So I've put it in soup. I've put it in like booyah base and things like that. But I don't think I've ever just had something that it was only saffron flavored. So I'd be very curious, like what Go the ice cream tastes like. Yeah. Oh, Go really? Go to Iran. <laughs> Everything is saffron flavored. Oh, yeah. Yes, what was saffron. it like? I mean, I'm, I kind of skipped over this, but like what? Was it like being, were you 11 when you went there and what did it feel like to go there? It was like nine or 10. I mean, I think that we were, you know, it's such a big journey and it's such a hassle to get over there that like we went for like a month. And mm-hmm. then even when we were there, people were like, you're not staying long enough. Like, you know, like you would go mm-hmm. and probably stay for like, you know, the whole summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I was a kid and I have a lot of great memories from it. And I'm glad that as an adult, I have like a sense of it because I do really remember a lot. But I also was like, I just want to listen to my Moulin Rouge soundtrack. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's so hot. And also like, you know, you have to be covered and like, mm-hmm. you know, wear the wear the hijab. And so it's oh, just really? Kind of okay. Like, yeah, so it's required. It's I didn't required. know that. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? That must have been strange when you were nine or it 10. was really strange. It was really strange experience. Also, mm-hmm. because it's not a choice. You know what I right. mean? Like, I think that it would be different if it was something that you were choosing to do, which I think mm-hmm. people should be able to choose to do that. And you remind me, as a woman, you don't have a choice. Right. Um, so it was bizarre. It just kind of felt like this thing that you had to do. And yeah. um, I don't think that's the point of it. And, uh, uh, yeah, you, it was just, it's just hot. It's hot. (laughs) Do you remember like any meals that you had there? Well, you know, in Iran, you know, Iranian restaurants, like mostly just are like cello kebab. Like they just mostly sell kebab because, um, Iranian food is so complicated to make Mm -hmm. that a lot of it is like, not like, uh, uh, feasible for restaurants. Um, and kebab is like amazing and so basically yeah. like we just ate kebab everywhere we went and then um yeah and it was amazing I love kebab. Hey, I'm going to Mar to get it are you gonna go get I was about to say because we live near Glendale not to re- oh, divulge God, yeah. our location but there's so many cool places there that have kebabs and yeah there's just Raf, Rafi's I think is yeah that's Ara- the Iranian food yeah Rafi's place is definitely yeah. the joy and they it's it's also like a big outdoor restaurant so it's a nice place to go after the wave yes you know I want to go I mean? with you that would be yes. fun though to go there together um wait so I want to ask you because so many people will be curious and this is like a, a big pivot but I feel like we have to pivot to this place it's about your comedy career and like when did that emerge and like were you always funny like you know how did you wind up on set writing for Saturday Night Live and all these shows um you know was I always funny I think I I think I was <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my, fam- you are. my family is funny my fam- my dad is like a big comedy fan like we did not I have kind of a young dad like I think my dad had my I think he was like in his like late 20s when he had us what had okay. me and I was the second kid and so like I kind of feel like you know the ice cream the the candy bars like I kind of almost had like an older brother vibe with my dad a oh, lot funny okay um and so there was no like sen- not a lot of censoring of like what we were watching. Mm-hmm. If my dad came home and he wanted to watch Seinfeld and then Simpsons and I was four, that didn't matter. Like, you know, like we yeah. were we were watching, I, I like screamed through and I was a very like well-behaved child. This was not like me, through a tantrum for my parents, my mom to let me go to Austin Powers with my dad and my sister. <laughs> and I was like seven. 
that's really funny. Well, I mean, I'm from a Jewish family uh, where like, it's very similar. Like there was no restraint. Like we, I watched yeah. like I, my, my grandparents took me to see single white female. And I remember just being like traumatized by it. Like she puts like her heel through like somebody's eye. And it's like, why am I watching this? And if, if I got scared or something, my grandmother would give me quarters to go into the lobby of the movie theater to play video games. She'd be like, Aww. oh, just go play video games. Or if there was a sex scene, she'd be like, here, go play video games. Um, but that's so funny. So, so when did you though, like officially say like, I want to do comedy as a thing as opposed to just like being funny? I think that like when when Tina Fey became a thing, like mm -hmm. I remember sort of not knowing what a TV writer did. And yeah. I just really kind of felt, I identified with her a lot. Like I think I was kind of, whatever she represented to me at that time, I felt like that is, I could do, like I feel like we're a similar type in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. And, mm -hmm. you know, she was such a huge deal I think when I was coming of age like in high sure. school she was like the lady and I really kind of saw that as and I read her book and I think I, I didn't think I always wanted to be I mean I wanted to be on SNL I think a lot of writers want to be on SNL uh -huh. then you end up writing for it which is also an amazing job um but uh I kind of just thought let me like do all the things that these people did and like see what happens. I was not like confident enough in myself to be like, I'm going to go and work at SNL, but I right. did see like the pathways. And um, I was, my, my high school had like an improv group uh, randomly and I was good at it. And I mm -hmm. think that was the first um, real inkling of like, I think I actually am talent, talented in this way, in a real mm -hmm. way, in a way that like, maybe is a real reason to go and right. do this, you know? Um, and I saw a performance of the UCB tour co at university of Delaware. And, uh, I saw Shannon O'Neill, um, Neil Casey was like a wonderful comedian and actor and also was like a big UCB guy um is from Delaware so he would always come down to University of Delaware and like with Torco and I saw Shannon O'Neill and it was the first time I saw like long form improv and it just like broke my brain I was doing yeah. like whose line is it anyway like you know like whatever yeah. we were whatever the older kids had taught us like in this high school improv group it really long form really broke my brain and I went up to Shannon afterwards and I was like how can I do this? And she was like, come to New York when, you know, I think she said, she was like, we have a school in New York and you can come and take classes. I'm like, that was it. And I was wow. like, okay, like, let me do that. Is it still there or did it close? I don't think it's still there at all. Yeah, I think it's, I, I mean, I used to sad. live right near it in Chelsea. I used to live on 26th and 6th and that was like on 26th and 7th and it was right next to Gristidis, the UCB. But, yeah. um, oh, well, so, I mean, and we'll come back to like food in a second, but just to finish this idea, like what was the final pathway from improv to SNL? I mean, was that? I was just doing stuff. I went to NYU. I did the sketch group. I didn't get into the improv group there when I auditioned. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got into the sketch group the next year. And I was always doing improv and sketch. And the thing about like going to school in New York was like, you could take improv classes. You could do UCB and NYU at the same time. Uh -huh. um, and so I remember like asking for money for Christmas from like my family, only being like, please just 
can everybody give me like a hundred dollars so I can buy, <laughs> buy an improv class. Um, and that's like how I paid for all my, it was like, literally I would get money at Christmas. I would, my birthday's in November. I would get money for November and Christmas. And then I would take a class in January. And that's what I did yeah. like every single year. Um, and I was always doing both. And then I ended up like performing. It used to be a lot. And then um, and I was in a bunch of sketch groups, but I think I always just kind of found more success with sketch. Mm-hmm. Like I think improv, it was a lot of like, um, people that were around a lot and mm-hmm. like sceniness, not in this, I mean, in bad and good ways, but it was just kind of like people being around so that like you could find that chance to shine. And I think, cause I was like a student and I was interning and I was working, like I could do sketch and show up and like it'd be really good and not kind of have, I had more control with sketch. And I think Mm -hmm. I just ended up having more success with it. Um, And then I did, uh, uh, I was in a sketch group called pop roulette uh, with a bunch of my friends from, from college. And um, we performed at a sketch festival in Chicago and I met a manager there and um, I started working with her. And then she was like, Oh, do you want to put together a tape? for SNL. And I was like, uh, yeah, but I had never done like solo characters. Like what that audition is, is usually like people do impressions and they do solo Mm -hmm. characters and stuff. And she was like, well, just take stuff from your sketches and like, you know, turn them into monologues. Um, so I did that and I didn't get like anything from that first tape, but I did do create like my just for laughs audition. Okay. And then this is, I was super young when all this happened. It was yeah, like, I, I mean, got you in, are super young right now, right? Oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm 30 for the second time. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it was, it was all kind of a whirlwind, but that's, that was sort of my path. I did JFL and then um, I think I kind of got on their radar there. And then Wait, the what's JFL? Year. JFL is just for laughs. It's like oh, this right. comedy festival in Montreal. Right, right, right. That was kind so, of my first big thing. I mean, I think you're one of the rare creatures though, because I've, I've known so many people. I did improv in college and like, I have so many friends that went into it, but so few of them, you know, had this ascent because I feel like there was a real purgatory of being yeah. doing UCB where it's like, you keep paying every year, you keep paying and you know, it's like, oh my God, you know, is this ever going to lead anywhere? So that's great that you turned it into a career. I really think it was like, honestly, a lot of it was like luck and timing because I had so many friends that were so funny from that time who like, you know, five years later, six years later, like, or now are still hustling. And like, I, I know that it's gonna, I know it's gonna happen for them. I think I just kind of showed up and was prepared and was sort of like, on like new, like, I just think like people hadn't, when, when I got those first opportunities, I was like weirdly in a weirdly ready. And I think it was just like luck and timing, honestly. I I think you have to give yourself a little credit. I mean, I think you have a, yeah, yeah, you have a unique (laughs) energy. I remember when you walked into our dinner party, I was like, wow, this, she's very unique and she's funny and she's confident. You know, it's like, you just kind of give that up. And so some of that stuff is just ineffable. It's like, you can't control it. It's just like, either you, either you got it or you don't. Um, okay. You've got it. Okay. Back to food. I got to know what is the food like in Delaware? Like what is Delaware food? I guess Delaware food is like crabs. Oh. We're like Delaware is basically, you know, like, like, like Maryland's toupee. Um, <laughs> like, I've never like heard De- that. Delaware doesn't really have like. I mean, it sort of has its own identity, but I think I think of the identity of that area as like mm-hmm. 
a little bit of Philly, a little bit of like, you know, Chesapeake, Maryland, Mm -hmm. um, and people in Delaware just fucking love crabs, like old Bay crabs. And, um, and do you, do you love them? I, I do. I learned to love them. My parents like weren't into it. My dad doesn't eat seafood. And I think okay. my mom is from like the area of Iran where like the Caspian is. And so she was uh. like, I don't know about this preparation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then like once I got older, like I love I love a crab. I love to break down a crab. I love getting the meat. Oh, there you know, there's still meat in there. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. I Craig love is that. from uh, Washington state and he's a big snob about Dungeness crabs, mm-hmm. which are like bigger and almost like lobstery. Like they're just yeah. have a lot more meat. And so he kind of turns up his nose at the whole old Bay. Cause we, we went to Baltimore. We had that and he liked it. He definitely enjoyed it, but he's like, it doesn't compare. It doesn't hold a candle to Dungeness crabs. Well, so- I north northwestern when i went to oregon and had yeah. like that big i was like do you have old bay oh shit. oh <laughs> my god wow. so that sounds like you and craig will have a good debate about Uh-oh. which crab is better um now i had a delaware person on this podcast um a year or two ago luke mm-hmm. Matheny, who i don't know if you know who that is but know. he won the academy award for best short film um a couple of years ago he had like big hair he gave a really funny that speech guy's Delaware? Yeah, he's from Delaware and he got to be in a parade. Like when he when he won the Oscar, he got to march in like a like a victory parade. Damn. So I'm just saying, like, I feel like that's a good goal for you is to get to be in a parade <laughs> in Delaware. Um, okay, next question is the move from New York to LA in mm. terms of food. Do you find that your diet has changed here besides the SNL of it all? Or are you still eating the same kind of stuff? No, I think that I'm definitely in general trying to get snatched. Like that is kind of talking about like my base. Like you were talking about, like, I want my core to be like more healthy. And then I'll like that. I feel like that has sort of been my attitude once I've gotten here because everybody is. What's snatched? I'm too old. I'm in my Snatched is tight, small. Snatched? Snatched. I'm trying to get snatched. I've never, I've literally never heard that. Maybe I made it up. No, no, that's great. I just feel so like hip. I'm going to say it on the TikTok now. Um, (laughs) So, okay. So how are you doing that? What's your strategy? But I'm not, I'm not good at it. So I still like eat a lot of pasta and like, I'm not good at like not indulging in the moment. Like when the, and I also think like my friends are all good eaters because Mm -hmm. I think that's just like our shared spirit. So like when the, when the attitude is like, let us pop off, we absolutely pop off. And that kind of happens too much for me to like, stick to a regime but I think in general I'm like at least not eating bread yeah that's what I'm trying to do right now like I'm really trying to lay low on the carbs really trying to lay low on the sweets like I'm a carb addict and a dessert addict and like and actually like drinking like I'm not a huge drinker but Craig was making cocktails often during the pandemic Mm -hmm. so I'm like doing a dry January where I'm like not even having that and it's like really interesting to like feel how your body feels different when you Mm -hmm. just like don't drink for a week. It's only been like four days. I'm trying to drink less. I'm like about to start shooting the show that I've been working on. And I think like being on set every day will be easy for me to like, I won't be, I just like purely won't be going to dinners. And so I think it'll Mm -hmm. be like a good opportunity because I do feel that way. Like truly, I think I turned 30 during the pandemic and I was, I'm a tank. Like I'm a tank. I will consume. Uh, not a lot of foods upset my stomach. I Great. will eat and drink and like not really think in the moment of like, I, I'm just going to have the attitude of like, I'll suffer the consequences later. I don't care. Uh-huh. 
Great. Um, but I think once I turned 30 and also I think like my body again was like sort of recalibrating from all the abuse mm-hmm. that I was giving it for yeah. six years. Like now I am very conscious of like, okay, do I want to be pro does my body want to be processing this alcohol mm-hmm. all day tomorrow? Like, well, yeah. I mean, well, wait till you get to your forties. Cause I remember like people would talk to me about acid reflux and I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not a thing. And then when I turned 40, um, I suddenly was like, like, it's just like all the acid, like coffee and like, and wine yeah. and like tomatoes. It's like, now I think about that in a way that I never thought about that. So enjoy your thirties. You know, that's my advice. Okay. Eat whatever you want. So what, um, I was, I forgot to ask you, like, has your mom taught you specific dishes that you cook for yourself here? She is a advisor. She always kind of said to us, like growing up, like, I'm not going to teach you because if I teach you, you'll have to do it. Like that was sort of like her advice. And also I think just like, it's so complicated, but um, that it was kind of just like annoying for her to teach us. And we honestly like weren't that interested, but then during the pandemic again, I mean, I'm talking about it in past tense, but like during major first lockdown, right. Um, I had all this time on my hands and I was like, what I have an afternoon to make a five hour rice dish. And I started like really teaching myself how to make it. And it was the best thing that came out of that time for me. Um, and so she is there on text, like she's there on standby. Um, but I'm not asking, like, I have my own recipe like that I've sourced. So it's not like a step-by-step I'm doing her thing. Uh It's more like, me asking her like oh I don't have this is this okay or like and when you taste it does it taste like her dish like are there is there something missing that you kind of don't get that special touch that she has close enough I think that Iranian food is so specific that if I make it just with those like core like saffron dried limes Mm -hmm. like um you know a lot of herbs that are cooked down for a long time like those flavors are just so specific that even mm-hmm. though it doesn't taste like my mom's food exactly it still tastes like homemade iranian food yeah so i think I'm, and what okay. is like what so what you mentioned a rice dish that takes five hours so was that tadig or was that something else well, like when I made, tried to make Lubia Polo, that like beanie thing. Yeah. I think that was, I mean, people can go on my Instagram. It's all in my highlights. <laughs> oh, really? I'll check it out. Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't oh, think yeah. I yeah. And that. I do the voice and everything. It's like truly kind of a thing of like, wow, it was truly like March 30th. And I was like, let me do a character swing into camera, which is like not <laughs> what I do normally. Yeah. Um, and then like my favorite thing to make is this thing called Fess and June. It's my favorite food. And that is like everything on everything, all Iranian food is like low and slow, cook it low and slow. Mm-hmm. And so you cook something for an hour on low and then you add something else. It was another hour on low. And then yeah. it's like, you're spending like an hour and a half chopping herbs. Wait, so what is the, what was the dish you just said? I didn't remember the it's name. It's called Fess and June and it is a pomegranate walnut chicken stew. I have a cookbook that has that in it. I think it's, um, uh, I forgot her name, but she has, it's like the flavors of life. It's like a Persian cookbook. Uh uh And so I want to make that now. It's really good. And honestly, it's not that hard. It's just labor intensive. Yeah. I love that. And that sounds so delicious. Pomegranate and chicken. It just sounds perfect for winter. Yeah. So do you have um, favorite places in LA that you've discovered since moving here to eat? This is very specific to people listening who are in LA, but maybe somebody will get something out of it. I feel like I 
don't know because I'm I'm kind of overwhelmed by options Mm -hmm. and I also sort of like the minute I got here I got kind of like overwhelmed with like everything sort of being Middle Eastern fusion which I like normally love but like I don't know I feel like I'm gonna whatever I'm gonna answer is gonna be um um people are like that's lame uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, I will put you on the spot. No, I mean, people listening to this podcast are not going to judge you. They're very open-minded. I but... love the prawns at Momed. Those oh, saffron okay. oh, prawns yeah. are fucking unreal. Saffron. There it is again. Um, there it is. That's so funny. So in terms of like your the psychological portrait we're painting of you, I feel like there's a real um, mixture of, of like your Persian identity but also it feels like comedy, like the comedy cultures that you inhabit, like the, the pizza, the ice cream, like <laughs> it feels like, it, it's like it's like you've got, but then you're, you know, now it makes me think of like writing for a show that's not just like sketch comedy where it's like a little deeper and then you know, there's like emotion to it. So it's like, you've got the comedy, but you've got the depth and it's like, it's re- reflected in the food that you eat. I kind of agree. Yeah. I think- I think my vibe is like very much. Oh, can you hear the sirens? I know. I was just there's an ambulance coming by. You can by. hear it too. Yeah. I was like, I was like, could she hear it? That's so funny that we're like literally across the street. We should switch places, and I should come to use your microphone, and you can get, come use mine. And it would just—that's a visual joke. No one would get that over a podcast. Um, wait, was I? Oh, yeah. I just analyzed you. I think I did a good yeah, job. I yeah, I think you did a good job. I think like you know, Iranian stews plus ice cream is kind of my vibe. Um, well, every podcast begins with what did you have for lunch, but it ends with what are you having for dinner tonight? Okay. This is actually, maybe you can help me, which I've yeah, heard sure. people say that on the pod as well. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> I am having two friends over tonight to my backyard and I wanted to get hail Mary pizza because I've never gotten it before. So good. Amazing. But they don't deliver. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I don't want to go pick it up while I have people over. And I also don't want to get it beforehand and have it get cold. Are you asking me to deliver pizza to you? Is that what yeah. this is about? <laughs> so if you could just, I'll just text you when they text me. Yeah. Um, and just go get it. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. a fair exchange for coming on my podcast. I mean, I feel like I would owe, owe that to you, but I'm not going to do that. Sorry. No. I have to so I line. want, so I, then I was thinking, should I order Kismet rotisserie? Mm-hmm. But I've been eating a lot of that. I don't know. Like what's a good, I've been place? eating a lot of that too. Actually. That's so funny. I, oh, I, yeah, watching... I saw that on your story. I it's love that wedge salad. So good. It's amazing. I mean, for people who don't know in LA, there's a restaurant called Kismet, which is a great restaurant. And then they opened a rotisserie where they have chicken that they, you know, they have on the rotisserie all day and you can order it and it comes with hummus, right? Does it come with hummus? I think no. so. Yeah. A little hummus and it comes with pita and it comes with pickles and it's like so generous yeah. and delicious, but you have to get the dark meat because I feel like the white meat gets a little dry on the rotisserie. Oh, personally. I haven't done that. I always oh, yeah. go with the white meat. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, that's a little ostensibly healthier um, to get the white meat, but the dark meat's got the flavor. But on my yeah. new diet, maybe I'll go with the white meat. Um, but you need advice for what to do. I mean, I'm curious, like, do you normally cook for your friends? Yes, but you know, my parents are coming tomorrow. So, and I also have like a busy work day. So today has been very cleaning focused. Okay. And because uh, Persian mama coming through. Yeah. So, oh, God. Uh, That's interesting. Okay. Kind of cleaning my entire home. And so didn't have time to do that. So I was trying to think of something like fun, delicious, easy. Maybe I'll just do Kiss Bear Rotisserie. Nobody's going yeah. to be mad at that. That sounds delicious. Or Din um, Tai Fung, maybe. 
or does that travel well? Because we've never ordered it delivered. Because I, I ordered like- it during a lockdown moment, and the packaging is so good, but it's also so it does travel well. But it's also that thing of like, God, all this packaging for like soup dumplings. It's oh, like, it's like, right, now, right. Like, but the world is going to pot at this point. I mean, I don't think that we're going to change it by not ordering. We're in the collapse of society. This is it. It's the <laughs> end time. Uh, well, you alluded just now. I'm going to keep you on for a little bit because we have to do a full hour. I'm sorry. Um, but, I love it. Okay. But you mentioned you have a Persian mother and you were cleaning for her. But that, I mean, I feel like that's a little like you kind of threw that away. But I feel like that's kind of psychologically interesting. So is your mom somebody that's like fastidious about cleanliness? And has that spilled over into you? in a way I think it's just like a respect thing like you know like I just think like you know I would run into this all the time with like an ex-boyfriend of mine where I would just be like the words out of my mouth well I'm also trying to start I I usually say Persian a lot and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to start saying Iranian more because I don't know I read an article um but (laughs) I need to read that article too because I wasn't sure yeah what For me, difference? it's interchangeable, but I th- I feel like it matters to, especially in LA, I feel like it matters to a lot of people to say Iranian, so I'm yeah. trying to say it anymore. But like, I would just say like, that's not Persian. Like, we're not doing that. Like, you know, like, like showing up to a home empty handed, like, uh-huh. you know, like when I came over to your to your house for the first time, Liz, our friend was like, just come over. And I was like, I'm going to go and grab a bottle of wine first, just because it just like makes oh, me uncomfortable. So funny. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, that was really nice that you did that. Thank you. Um, yeah. I just feel like it's what you do or like, yeah, like just little polite things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like my parents are coming to visit. I would do this with any of my family members. The house is going to be clean. Are it's they staying be- with you? Yeah, they are. Oh, wow. So is that going to be a lot like to have them on top of you 24 seven or I guess you're not going to be home the whole time? It's just kind of how we do it. There's yeah. kind of like, it would be like weirder for them. I even said, cause I think like with the time difference, like they'll probably be waking up at like 2 a.m. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. And I was going to like, should I get you an Airbnb in the neighborhood? But they were like, no, like what? Right. Like, it's just kind of what we do. We just we'll, we'll, of each other. It's like, oh, it sounds like you enjoy your family. That's really unique for a therapy session. Overall, I really do. Yeah. I'm reading a, yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I'm reading a great book right now called Crying in H Mart. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah, I read that over the summer. It's so amazing. Isn't it great? And just that relationship between her and her mother is so fraught and just so complex. And and a lot of it has to do with her mother being Korean and the Korean culture that her mother comes from and her not getting her daughter who wants to Mm -hmm. be in a band. So I I thought of you when you were saying that, like, your mom wanted you to... um, clean up or that, or that you were cleaning up for your mom. It made me think of that book immediately. Like, Oh, like maybe there's that dynamic, but the way you're talking about it, it doesn't sound similar at all. It sounds more like it's just more as a kind thing that you're going to do. Yeah. No, I mean, the thing is, is if I didn't clean, yeah, there would be things would be said. (laughs) It would just be, it would just literally be like, Oh, you didn't clean. I, I can't even actually imagine what it would be like if I didn't clean because that wouldn't, ever happen like I think that hasn't even like she you know like it's just what you do I just can't even imagine a world if I didn't I mean like if your parents came to stay with you you would you would clean my parents would never stay with me because they would just think it was like my parents, my mom just like loves a hotel. Like she just, just Ooh, like, she, I love not, that. but they're not like easygoing. They're not like, like well, city, this was so much fun. And it was um, really nice of you to do this. So last minute. Um, my and pleasure. now that you uh, 
are going to um, have your parents here. Feel free to bring your mom over or I'll bring some treats or whatever. Saffron ice cream. If we'll we do cook it anything, I will definitely bring it over. But I'm okay. guessing I'm just going to be taking them. <laughs> that will be out. fun. Okay. Well, hopefully I'll run into yeah, you guys yeah. when I'm walking Winston. For so, sure. uh, yeah. all right. Well, have a great night. And Bye, thanks again. Bye. All right. I'll see you soon. <laughs>